The following is brought to you in association with and from a proud partner of the Shining Wizards Network. Entertainment here. You're listening to Pure Rock Radio. Feed your addiction. Tonight's episode of Radioactive Metal is dedicated to the memory of Uriah Heap keyboardist Ken Hensley. This is Jarrett Pritchard from Pulper Morte, and you're listening to Radioactive Metal. Radioactive Metal. This is Radioactive Metal, your source for news, views, tunes, and interviews. Here are your hosts, Snowy, Rock, Corrine, and Aaron. What's up, everyone? Welcome to a post-Halloween Blaze episode of Radioactive Metal. This is episode 631, and I'm Snowy White. And this is Aaron, and dear listeners, if you tuned in to our last episode and heard us talk about the delicious Krampus roast, the limited-time Krampus roast, well, if you didn't order it when we told you to order it, guess what? Sold out. Sold out. Gone because True Cult Coffee, T-R-V-E-K-V-L-T Coffee.com is the most metal coffee. Brings you the most delicious things they can. And they also dabble in other fine things. Like Snowy, I don't know if we've talked about the fact that um the oh, I don't I don't even know how to how to refer this. But like the the other branch of True Cult Coffee, where uh, Coffee Bean Oculta explores his craftier side, we'll say, where he does his screen printing and mm-hmm. makes his pins and all that kind of stuff. That crazy son of a gun um, has started making candles, you know, and um, he's working on scented candles. You know, I think he started with coffee scented candles because it makes sense. He has coffee, <clears throat> mm-hmm. but um, he's working on one called Basic White Birch. Hmm. Please tell me you're catching the entendre in there, the double entendre. Basic the white what, bitch. The, Basic white no, bitch. Okay. Right? Okay, that took that took a couple seconds. Okay. Yes. And then he also has a blood red orange. Okay. There you, we are. you got it? You you you're keeping up with me now? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If, He's he's a he's he's a clever man. He's a Dude, clever man. I was in tears when I was flipping through his Instagram. Like I just, 
I love what True Cult Coffee does. I love Sean's work. Um, I've got like the pins and things that he's done. I think, I'm pretty sure I have an Iron Maiden pin. I have a cool-ass Lemmy pin. And I think I ordered a Creature from the Black Lagoon pin from him. Like he's, right he's making some killer pins. <laughs> I, um, I need to figure out if I'm going to try to do a leather vest or if I'm just going to take my leather jacket out of the closet and start using that. I can't, I can't figure out what I want to put all this stuff on because I've got these cool-ass patches too. But I digress because True Cult Coffee, ladies and gentlemen, is by metalheads for metalheads. This is not some giant corporation. This is like one guy trying to uh, support his family mm-hmm. and exercise all his creative muscles. And so right. I say support True Cult Coffee, T-R-V-E-K-V-L-T-Coffee.com. Because they support us, they support the metal community, and man, you're just supporting good people. You're supporting your neighbors, your community. And in this insane time here in the United States, when we are post-election but still don't have a president, um, I mean, not that that's necessarily bad. Like the memes that I always talk about, you know, America should be single for a while to just find ourselves. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of agree with that. But, um, you know, like... It's almost, it'll be a week, what, Tuesday, and we don't have a president. Um, yeah, according to some people, we never did. That's a whole different story. But, like, you know, we've got all this craziness going on. So, the most important thing, ladies and gentlemen, is, you know, before you try to slash your neighbor's tires because they support the opposite candidate that you support, why don't you try to remember that we're all here for a reason? All of our ancestors were kicked out of other countries. Um, and so, like, let's be nice to each other, support each other. And I can't even believe I'm about to say this, but really try to make America great again. You know, like, like really great. Like the stuff that made America great. The give me your tire, give me your poor, your huddled masses kind of mm-hmm. stuff. That's the shit that makes America great. The mm-hmm. running to a crisis. You know, the New Yorkers that ran to get those people out of the World Trade Center. Like, that's the stuff that makes America great, right? For sure. Like, like that kind of shit. That's what we want to see. So, anyway, Snowman, what's happening with you? Well, um, before, we we should actually kind of drop this, because as I was doing my due diligence with True Cavalt Coffee, all right, and we're going to follow this up soon enough, but... If you are listening to this Thursday night as a new episode on Pure Rock Radio, okay, and then the next day, Friday morning, if you're the first to hear it downloaded, today is the last day to get your subscription in to True Cavalt Coffee to get all this amazing coffee delivered to you this month round. This month's subscription is not one, not two but three bands they're going to set you up with three fantastic records you know just for having some fantastic coffee and taking a look at this it's it's actually really really cool a little while back we had vancouver death vancouver deaths deathsters assimilation we played one of their tracks courtesy of reaper metal productions hey reaper how's it going as well, um, from Redefining Darkness, Hanging Fortress, their album Darkness 
Devourers will be available as well. The third record is this split. Oh, geez, you want to talk about the bizarro names and all that? I don't know. It's a split record with the band Creek and Exnum Milkry. <laughs> yeah. What? So, oh, gee. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yes, yes, but but yeah, this is this is definitely worth it, and we're going to get to a track from one of those bands to start off the show. But before we do, I wanted to say, what was Halloween like in your area? So it was less people than normal. Like we we still <laughs> trick or treated, right? The kids still trick or treated. Um, I passed out treats. People were social distancing. We had sanitizer up. Everybody's wearing masks, you know, and not just Halloween masks, mm-hmm. but um, it, it, because, you know, in, in our neighborhood had said on our Facebook page, like, listen, like, we're not canceling Halloween. Like, you know, no, regardless of what decisions are made. And I honestly don't know if Halloween was canceled anywhere else officially. Um, but there are tons of neighborhoods reporting that there weren't a lot of trick-or-treaters out. And we had way less than normal because we actually had candy left at the end of the night, which typically I go through several bags of candy and I'm dipping into the kids' candy that they got, okay. you know, mm-hmm. like passing that back out. Um, so um, way less trick-or-treaters, but it was still like a really fun night. Like I, I think because of everything that was going on, Everybody really needed a release. So Mm -hmm. decorations were better than ever. And I mean, some were really, really detailed. Like you had houses with just productions, smoke machines, like five or six people in costumes, like putting on like a mini haunted house scene right outside their front porch. You know, like it was, it was, it was fun. And there's, dude, this one house, it was great. They had this guy in a werewolf costume kind of thing. But the way he was sitting, he and and they even stuffed him up, so he basically looked like like a like a dummy, like a stuffed you know mm-hmm. thing. And they had a candy bowl, you know, between his legs. I'm like, oh, just go ahead and get a piece of candy. So the kids get close, and he jumps up at him. Oh, <laughs> we were dying. But then he would go right back. And so like these little kids are like trying to figure out. Like even my son, who's like ten, he's like. I don't know. Like, go ahead, Nicholas. Go ahead. Try it. Try it. We have, we do. We have it on video. <laughs> oh my goodness. It was so much fun. So right, much right. thinking fun. And then like I, um, this year, like I bought a light up pumpkin head mask and light up gloves that look like skeleton hands. And I wore those when I passed out candy. All right. On. You know, I, like it was, Excellent. it was a, it, it was definitely less people than we've ever had since we've been here, but it was still a fun, fun night. Good, good. I'm glad you did. I'm glad you did. Unfortunately, up here, like, we don't, like, our little one is flown the coop, okay, you know, she spread her wings a long, a long time ago, so we don't really, we don't have, you know, a little snowy here, but um, we're still ways that we always had our Halloween traditions. Like we would take her out when she was a kid. As she got older, we started going to my mom and dad's and having dinner there. And then afterwards, you know, I would help hand out all the junk. And then afterwards I would go and find either a show or a Halloween party for a little grown up fun. You know, this year though, there's no show. There's no 
grown-up fun to be had anyways. Even, you know, my dad is in his 70s now, so I opted, okay, you know, maybe this isn't an event that I actually absolutely have to be at his place with everything that's that's going on. So we just kind of just stayed at home, turned the light off. Sorry, kids, you know, not this year. I'm so I'm, I'm sorry to say now. With that, you would still think every once in a while you would still hear a knock on the door, maybe a doorbell ring or whatever, but that never happened at all. Okay. Even if you are not actively participating in Halloween, Halloween has its own vibe. Oh yeah. It's its own sounds. Okay, like you might have your door closed or whatever, but you can hear kids running around outside you can hear them giggling you can you know you can hear them at your neighbor's door trick-or-treat you know nothing wow the on our street in our in our neighborhood i we didn't hear anything all night it was eerie it was it was just like another normal night with nothing going on and the next day okay November 1st, the day after Halloween, whenever it is, you can kind of tell that Halloween was the night before, you know, kids, part of their costume might have fallen off or, you know, they start chewing on some candies and there's wrappers on the ground or there's still, you know, Halloween decorations that blew away or haven't come down yet or whatever like that. I saw nothing like that. Nothing in, you know, in my neighborhood. It was like, it's like, it was sad. It really was. You know, so I'm so glad oh, that you, yeah, I'm so glad that, uh, that you had, you know, a family type Halloween because it wasn't happening up here. Now I've got my Halloweeny stuff that I'll get to. In my metal fix, which we should probably get to soon enough. But before we do that, a little bit of radioactive metal house cleaning. First of all, we want to say horns up and congratulations to some uh, radioactive metal alumni. You will remember we had one K Stewart on the show a little while back. The young lady who her profession is doing the tattoos. Oh, yeah. And all that. The the Winnipeg tattoo artist. You will remember we had uh, Mike Mason from Inhumed as well as well in our extended indie spotlight. Really cool death metal band. Mike Mason was also a former co-host with me the first couple episodes of uh, on Wrestling Night in Canada, available here on the Shining Wizards Network. Okay, well it's no secret, you know Mike and Kay are a couple and they tied the knot on halloween oh that's awesome yeah 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 it was a small ceremony you know just basically it looked like just a best man a bridesmaid and family and all that so when i didn't get the invite it's like okay fine fine obviously with everything that's going on in the world they wanted to keep it low key so congratulations and once again mike Okay, uh, <laughs> you know the whole relationship league? Okay, Kay's way out of yours, pal. <laughs> <laughs> and I tell him this all the time, too. <laughs> so I can say that as well. 
speaking of radioactive metal alum, a couple years ago we had one Vanessa Hex on. She of a uh, we had her on talking about her latest band, Cauldron Burial, and she was been in a whole whack of other really cool bands. We've played a lot of her. We've played a lot of her bands. You know, we we had her on. She's a big horror film fanatic as well and she's the um the editor of necromantical scream zine as well she now resides in denmark okay and on halloween she tied the knot with her fiance simon as well yeah yeah look at this look at all this with everything that's going on in the world halloween okay it's just a great day for uh, for friends and family here on Radioactive Metal. So congratulations to Vanessa as well. And one final thing before we drop a track in honor of True Cavalt Coffee. My good buddy, Ninja Cat Jess. Okay, it's her birthday today uh-huh. as we speak, the actual day. Yeah, yeah. So I got up this morning and I kind of did, did some rounds and I went and I... Got her birthday present, you know. This will be a week after when you hear this. So there's not going to be any surprise ruin. So I'm going <laughs> to go see her tomorrow and all that and have a good time. So happy birthday, my dear. And here is two many more. Let's get on with it with some tunage. How about um from that aforementioned... Darkness Devours record from Hanging Fortress. This is Burned Alive. Oh, my God. 
been very busy this week. Here's our metal fix. Okay, dude, as we speak, it's Friday night for you and I. I got the lemmies going here in my motorhead mug, and that means I want to hear about your metal fix. All right, man. So you remember last week I was talking about the Magic the Gathering cards with Godzilla? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I think I mentioned this on the air. I might have only mentioned it off the air to you, but um, there is a card. There were two different Space Godzilla cards. One of them had Space Godzilla with his Death Corona ray, and um, that was printed long before the coronavirus, and <clears throat> they changed the card, which I still think is silly. Like, I honestly think, like, it's what it's called. Like, it, it was established long before... The coronavirus came out, like they called that the Death Corona Ray, like that's why they called it that. That's how it was in Godzilla Canon. It's kind of like when Anthrax struggled after 9-11, like are they gonna change their name because all the mm. anthrax stuff? And they said, No, we're not gonna do it. Like so I think it was silly for them to to do it, but I get it because everybody was so sensitive about everything. But um I bought another pack of cards and I actually got the Space Godzilla Death Corona. Oh. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, wow, because that's going to be a rare card now because it was only like in like the first printing or so, you know, um, before all this craziness started. So I'm like, wow, I can't believe I got one. Like, I honestly thought it was going to be harder when I started reading about that. So I picked one of those up. And um, you know how I always talk about probably one of my my favorite um, monster companies right now. Um, monsters are good. Mm-hmm. All right, they do those cool shirts with um, Wolfman, Gilman, the Mummy, and Dracula dressed up like as the Ramones on the Rocket to Russia cover and all that sort of stuff. Um, so, obviously, this month has just been a great month for any Instagram monster-related anything, right? So, it's not, not that they're not killing it the other, you know, um, days of the year, but these 31 days in October... It's like Pac-Man getting the little power pellet. You know, it's just that much better. <laughs> so I like that. I like that. Hey, thank you. Thank you. So um, I'm watching and, uh, you know, watching the Instagram, reading it and stuff. And so he talks about a movie that I remember hearing about, but I had never seen called The Monster Squad. Have you seen uh-huh. this from 87? You know what? This is going to be blasphemy, but I have not. Like, I know. I know. Oh, my what goodness. It is. You you show me a picture of it, yeah. Okay, and I'll say, oh, that looks like that's from the Monster Squad or whatever. I have not actually sat down and watched it from beginning to end. I know, like, I'm really outing myself here. 
You know, well, dude, I hadn't either. I'm like, you know what? How did I miss this? And apparently, it's one of those films that like was in the theater for like two weeks. Yeah, you know? but it's got such a cult class, or it's got such a cult following now. Now, now, it's, but it's, I mean, it's, it's just off the hook. Yeah, and it took years, and so I'm like, huh. So I found it on Amazon, and I had a couple of digital credits, so I ended up buying it for ninety nine cents. Holy shit! Oh nice. yeah, right. And um, so I sat down. And I started watching it on Halloween. I think I finished it on November first. Dude, it's so good. It's so much fun. Now there and there are things that'll make you cringe, like with some of the things that they say. I'm like, oh, that's so eighties. Like that is so that time, you know. Uh-huh. But there, no, no. there is just all kinds of cool, fun stuff, you know. Like it, it was, it was. It's a fun, fun movie. And then I was doing some reading on it, like. The monsters were all universal monsters, but to avoid copyrights, they had to um, alter the costumes a bit. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I, I gotta say, like the Gilman costume was possibly even cooler. Like it was really good. It was really <laughs> good. I really enjoyed it. But yeah, man, it was it was a fun take. It was really a fun take on that movie. So I bought that, watched it, and then um, as you might have heard. You, you may have heard this, but um, Election Day happened here in the U.S. It, it did. Yeah, yeah, I did. It, it hasn't ended yet, but, it, no. but you know, it happened. <laughs> that, that just makes me think, like, the U.S. has to get the count from uh, from Sesame Street. Oh, that, the, that the, meme's the, going the, around, yeah. You you have to hire him to get yeah, this shit straight experts. out. Yeah. Oh, jeez. <laughs> well, and, and then, like, the whole thing with the election, and we won't go too crazy into it, but, like, you know, um, there there are people that are saying that dead people are voting in the election. And then, of course, the people whose candidate is winning are like, no, you're making that up. Now, the same people that are saying, no, you're making that up, were saying that four years ago when Trump was winning, when their candidate lost. And that's just oh, it. So, With Bush know. Jr. as well. Like, yeah. Oh, dude. Oh, come on, man. Like, I, am, I feel pretty <laughs> confident. That we've had dead people voting in U.S. elections probably since the first presidential election. Ah, no, no, no doubt. You know, they probably had King George voting for George Washington. (laughs) You know, like, like, I'm sure there's all kinds of tomfoolery going on. You know, so it's what, what, what drives me crazy. And it's not as much the voter fraud, because I mean, that drives me crazy, right? Because... Everybody knows mm-hmm. it, and everybody denies it, and it's the only time you ever hear it is when um, somebody's candidate loses. As long as their candidate wins, they never want to talk about it, you know. <laughs> so uh-huh. both sides know it happens, and essentially what they're saying is, uh, you know, like here's what I hear: I, I don't hear well. My candidate's honest, and. They would never do voter fraud. What, <laughs> what I'm hearing when I hear like either side complain about like, you know, dead people voting in elections. I hear son of a gun. You guys figure out how to stuff the balance better than we did. You jerks. <laughs> like that's what I'm hearing, you know, because that's what's going on, man. Like that. That's that's just this crazy bullshit. But anyway, so. I digress. So election day happened here. And um, I remember like, like, um, like, or if you remember rather, um, couple months back now, I attended a virtual online event, Tiki Oasis. I was celebrating basically surf and tiki culture and it had like a whole like 50s vibe 
Right. Yeah. 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 And I found like more new fun artists because of this. Right. So I found this artist that I follow called the Black Lagoon Room. And they do like Hmm. 50s tiki and very like cocktail hour. Like, like it's that, it's that whole 50s cocktail vibe. You know, like having the wet bar in your house kind of thing. You come home, you pour yourself a martini or whatever it is, and you get the pipe kind of thing. And um, But they do these monster-themed things. So they have like these shrunken head tiki glasses um, and all that sort of stuff. So um, the guy that runs it, he's an artist. And so on Election Day, he did this ink drawing, very monster-themed. It says, vote. And it's cool-looking. And he's like, hey, man, he's like, um, I did this ink drawing today real quick just because, you know, I was having fun. And we're going to give that away plus an enamel pin from our site to some, you know, somebody who randomly posts on here. So he's like, one, you have to have voted. We may ask for proof, you know, um, to tag somebody who who uh whatever and i can't remember what three is a three may have just been to vote like kind of like like the dodgeball dodge dip duck dive and dodge you know like vote Mm -hmm. something and vote you know those three things but um so i tagged my buddy chris who's an artist um because we've been talking about like just this kind of art i'm like oh you're gonna do it and plus i know he voted because they live near the washington dc area and they're both very active in their community um so, um, son of a gun, I actually won because I never win these things. Uh-huh. And I'm like, I got picked. I got a DM. I'm like, whoa, no way. So I was super excited. Mm-hmm. So I have a little ink drawing coming. I picked out my pin. It's um, the creature from the Black Lagoon holding a nice little like uh, umbrella drink of some sort. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, nice. I'm pretty thrilled, man. I'm excited for that. It's, it's kind of exciting. Right on. You know, and then last thing. Um, so I've been talking about this, it feels like all year, because this event was just amazing. But the Kirk Hammett collection of art, the horror art that um, was in the museum locally here, mm-hmm. um, they did, because I remember seeing this in the museum, they did a tiki head of Kirk. <laughs> and it's pretty cool like it's like him is like i think it's like kirk hammett and mr hyde like if you turn it and it's like a tiki mug kind of thing um but like he he put it up an instagram thing but then i went out to his site and he's been like switching stores and all that sort of stuff dude he has up some amazing prints from past um like collections like i was trying to see if i could find something from the one that i i found like if there's like a, a poster with like the dates or anything for columbia and i i didn't see any of those but there's like two i i think they're both nosferatu um they're just different in the way they have it set up but these nosferatu prints i'm probably going to buying both of them and framing them they're like an 18 by 24 poster and they're just so well done like the art is, it's just that classic horror movie art. I absolutely love it. So I, I think I will be uh, looking for those very, very soon. Oh, and along the Metallica lines, remember that vinyl club thing? Mm-hmm. Still not here. And they're to the point, they're like, listen, they're like, the, the post office couldn't get any slower right now with all the voting and all these things they're like here's $15 credit for our store we're sorry (laughs) (laughs) like 
Like That's it's good. just it's just a comedy of errors because this has been shipped out since August technically. <laughs> Still, oh, <geez. laughs> That's it. just 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 get Lars on the horn. Yeah. Look, buddy, what's going on here? Holy well, I'll be honest, man, because like because they're gonna ship you, um, like you get the forty five, but then you get the digital copy too. I'm like, send me the digital copy now. Like, yeah, how hard is that? Yeah, like, like, like email like me email. a code, man. Come on, yeah, like, email me the code. Like, 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 all I want is to hear the stuff. I just want to hear the songs, you know. Yeah, and then we'll we'll get the physical stuff later yeah. down. Come on, exactly. Lars. Exactly, man. You know, oh, it's crazy stuff. But anyway, that's it. That's everything. That's my metal fix this week. Because you know, I'm just I'm just waiting for for the election to be finalized and the fires to start. Because <laughs> yeah. it doesn't matter who wins. There's there's gonna be fires. Ah, uh, true, true, truth be known. Even though like I'm not American and all that, I was up till four a.m. with the coverage. Dude, you're and, insane. And, and all of that, just yeah, I was. Uh, uh, no, and, and I was like, there's no way that I'm watching fox or cnn and all that because they probably have their agenda and all that so i watched all the coverage on the cbc and all that because we don't have an agenda <laughs> you know we're just we're just covering it and all that so yeah the next day i kind of slept in but uh i think it was worth it yeah yeah well maybe not maybe not <laughs> what was what was de- <laughs> what what was definitely worth it was well maybe Maybe there wasn't much in the way of a traditional Halloween, but, you know, here in Snowy Manor, we kind of made the best of it just from just entertaining myself throughout the day. Since Halloween was on a Saturday, I found myself just listening to cool Halloween-related tunage all day. First of all, right right off the top of the hop here, um, Season of Mist recording artist Benighted. They're going to have a new record out soon, but just kind of like a, as a Halloween treat, they released a cool new song called Stab the Weakest. Okay, and it's kind of a tribute, and they even kind of do their own little um, little tidbits here from the John Carpenter halloween theme song it's basically about michael myers this song oh nice and all that yeah it's a really cool song benighted stab the weakest it's available on youtube now i definitely would recommend it and then just throughout throughout all all afternoon and all day i'm just sitting in my living room and i've got i've got you the youtube on just listening to really cool tunes including the you know the um the instrumental night of the demons soundtrack nice dude and like i have this movie memorized i went to in the theater and all this and it stars linnea quigley who i'm still favorite actress of mine and all that and it's just like i love this movie so much and it's like you don't really realize just how much of the music in a movie that you know so well you know until you take the visual aspect away and you're just stuck with the music. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, like I'm listening to the whole album and I'm like, Oh yeah, that's right. Oh yeah. I remember this. I remember this. I know this so damn well. Yeah. Not like like you can the see the movie thing. in your head. Like Nicholas and I do that with star Wars all the time. 
Uh-huh. Oh, jeez. Yeah, dude. I, t- I totally know where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. I believe I was saying the same thing when I brought the Jaws vinyl oh, dude. soundtrack home. I'd like, I I had the same sort of experience. Um, Earlier this year, we had Slasher Dave on He of Acid Witch fame. He came on and we had a nice chat about not only Acid Witch, but what he's been doing lately, which is, um, while they're not official soundtrack music, okay, not to any TV show or any movie and all that, but Mr. Dave has been creating these records inspired by those awesome horror film soundtracks, and he's just making his own, you know, soundtrack albums that are just not to a movie just the album itself we had um we had him on we were discussing his cannibal death gods Rock album on. which you know which was kind of inspired by the music you know of all those early 80s um cannibal movies and all that that were really kind of making the rounds well available now is cannibal death gods 2 the soundtrack to that fictitious movie i was just listening to that Halloween afternoon as well his latest album of um, instrumental music all dedicated to this season called Night of the Jack-O-Lantern Rock on. <laughs> okay and I'm listening I'm listening to all this awesome music but it's not what you would normally hear coming from me because loud loud drums and crazy guitars and brutal vocalists and all that so that kind of had my mother-in-law going like what are you listening to (laughs) you know like this is this is you know it's like well it's kind of like i'm just i'm not about to explain the concept of slasher dave to her you know what i mean (laughs) like that's gonna be talking to a wall so i just said oh i just got some music here kind of getting into the spirit of Halloween and it works. It works. Like you, you just want to, you just want to relive that spirit, that vibe of Halloween, grab some slasher Dave albums, you know, like it's, it's, it's perfect. It's absolutely perfect. And I want to have, I want to have Dave on again. And as you may recall, last episode, I was talking about how the Winnipeg hardcore band murder capital was going to be doing a live stream. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I was struggling because <laughs> I had that brain fart. You know, like, you just have that, oh, what is it? What, are the, what is that word? What is that name? You know, like, you know it, but you just kind of, ah, uh, it just leaves your head for for that All 30 time, seconds. Dude. or what, It happens. Oh, if I was to... And I'm not going to name names here, but I've that's happened to me at shows. People I know well that I've known for years. Okay, and I'll have this friend come up. Hey, Snow, yeah, it's so good to see you. For that ten seconds, her name left my head. It's the worst. Okay, and I've life. known I know, and you, and while you kind of get it's your way through it, you know, without embarrassing yourself, you know the. 10 seconds later goes by her name falls back into your head but you feel like a knob you know because you kind of forgot this amazing person's name for that 10 seconds but that's just it's weird how the brain works 
like that. Yeah. Dude, I'm with you. Mm-hmm, totally mm-hmm. with you. So I made my way after ordering uh, pizza, and we order pizza from only one place. Bulldog, Bulldog pizza. Of course, of course. Yeah, yeah. So I had a couple slices, then made my way to the computer to check out Murder Capital's live stream. And it's a hardcore band, local hardcore band. They're only going to play for half hour, you know. So that was um, that was a great way to start off, you know, my Halloween night. Just kicking back, listening to tunes. Me and my buddy Jack, you know, had our own little Halloween party. Um, and finally, some cool records came across my desk here. Okay, the first thing that I wanted to talk about is, okay, like, when you get into the underground extreme music, you get a lot of split records, you know. Side people a, throw them and... down because they can't understand. They just break in half. Like, break Crap, half. what is this noise? <laughs> like, damn it. That was my copy. Come on. Which I'm, I am I love the idea of splits because you get two bands for the price of one. You know, you may not get as many songs and all that, but like you discover like you're like, oh, side A is band X right on. I love band X. You listen to side B and like, oh, band Y is really awesome, too. It's just a great way, you know, of finding, discovering new bands. This new Wicked split Available November 27th from Horror Pain Gore Death Productions came across my desk. But there's four bands on it with one track each. And they it's just called Split. Whip Striker, Terror Hammer. God, I don't like that name. Great band, though. What, Vulcan, Terror Hammer, Terror Hammer ter- you don't like? Terror Hammer, ter- yeah. It's just tough to say, Terror Hammer. <laughs> I, I, I kind of dig it. What was the one you said before that, though? Whip, Whip, Whip. Sorry. Whip Striker, which Whip Striker. I kind of dig dig that name. Yeah, they put out a record on uh, Hell's Headbangers a couple years ago. Great band. It makes me out. think of the old so. airplane movie. Striker! 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 <laughs> you can never have that in a movie these days. <laughs> no, no. But you got Whip Striker, you got Terror Hammer, you got Vulcan Tyrant, and Speed Whore out of Germany and all that. These, these, these are all great bands, but I just kind of wanted to run this by you okay with the con like is this a split or is this a compilation now or is it is this like a ep compilation because there's four bands one song if there's only oh well wait a second four bands one song each yeah that feels like half a sampler Ah, now you throw another one into the mix. I'm trying to figure yeah. this out here. Is it a split? Is it a comp? Is it an EP I, comp? And now you want to... Oh, no, yeah, it's half a sampler. Right? <laughs> no, no. So, hang on. I can settle this. You know, we, we will call this... This is called... This is this is basically... This is the... um. Oh, my goodness. What's... Damn it. I can't remember the name. Like, Chili's. Chili's restaurant has something they, they call, like, their... Their sampler where you get to pick it. Like, I think it's like the the big sampler at restaurants. You know, we can pick like three or four appetizers. That's what this is. Okay. Uh, This is going to keep me up. You know, like this is this is the stuff I lose sleep over. You know, it's it's not political corruption. It's not crime. It's 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 not the way of the world. 
let's call it's, it, it's stuff like this. <laughs> let's call it the tapas sampler because you know tapas is small plates and it's just one song from each band. It's like a tapas there sampler. Are. There we go. Okay. Well, the tapas. The tapas. <laughs> Oh, Sampler. good. There's more stuff you can't say. This is fun. <laughs> I, I've never even been in a Chili's. That's an American thing, right? Chili Is Chili's just an American thing? Yeah, I've never heard of it up here. Like, I've heard of it, but I've never seen one up here. Yeah, so. they're, they're okay. They're, they're fairly, they're okay, you know. <laughs> okay. I mean, I'm sure it's no Timmy Ho's. Like, <laughs> no, Timmy Owens is the best. You do know that, like, when I finally make it up to Winnipeg to hang with you, like, every day I'm going to have to go to Timmy Ho's while I'm there. Oh, yes, because that's where I go every morning. Mrs. Yeah. Snowy, she's now working at home. Okay. And there's a Timmy Ho's. Okay. That's my speak for Tim Hortons. Okay. Right. There's a Timmy Ho's just down the road from my place. So she can't, you know, she she basically gets up, goes downstairs where her desk is. She needs her morning coffee, right? She needs well, her morning hoe. <laughs> she needs her, she needs oh, her morning hoe. Oh, ho. don't tell yeah. her I said that. <laughs> Are you kidding? She'll love it. She'll love it. Yeah. So, yeah, she needs, she needs her oh, morning fix and all that. So I end up going to Timmy Ho's and getting her coffee and all that. So, yeah, when you guys come to visit, yeah, by all means, you and I will get up early. We'll go and get the missuses some, uh, some cool... Timmy Hose. <laughs> okay, what the hell was I talking about? Uh, we were talking about four bands with one song oh, on a yes, sampler. Yes. And I said it's like half a sampler. <laughs> right, and you're right. Like, is this like a mini EP? Is it a split EP? But I mean, when I think of a split, like a split's typically two bands. Like, and you get a handful of songs right. from both bands. This, this really feels, I mean, like, I feel like compilation sampler, like either one of those are good. But it definitely feels more like that. For sure, I think so, and all all great bands, and I'm just I think Whip Strikers definitely Whip fantastic. We'll have to drop a track Striker. from that Striker Striker, yeah, yeah, much in the same way of what Slasher Dave did recently. One Joel Grind from Toxic Holocaust. Okay, we had him on earlier this year. One of the few in person interviews I was actually able to do. When Toxic came through town with Soulfly, that show had me quite busy doing interviews and all that. Well, Joel Grind, okay, is producer extraordinaire, you know, multi-instrumentalist and all that. Just basically, you know, all around Mr. Handyman in the metal world. He's done the same thing as Slasher Dave, kind of doing his own horror film non-soundtrack, shall we say. And his latest release... Welcome to Armageddon City came across my desk. And it's basically like you can tell guys like Joel Grind, Slasher Dave, they want to be metal's version of John Carpenter, of Claudio Simonetti. You know, like this is this this is where they're heavily influenced. And they come up with a lot of really cool stuff. You got really, you know, that just goes to show the diversity that metal artists have. You know, like even if you're not into the loud guitars and the big booming drums, there's if you're like into just really good instrumental music, there's something that you can find that Slasher Dave's doing, that Joel Grind is doing, that Goblin is doing. You know, like there's just so much great stuff. So, yeah, welcome to Armageddon City. And finally, we're going to get on with some tunage here. 
the um I believe the French band Merciless, their latest record, Mother of All Plagues, dropped as well, came across my desk. Now it's not it's um not the Swedish Merciless. Like when you think of a band called Merciless, probably, you know, Merciless with an I. That's the first one you'll think of because it came out of that that era of entombed dismember. I honestly think of Ming. Yeah, Ming the Merciless. Yeah, Ming the Merciless. That's <laughs> right, immediately right. where my mind goes. Uh, hey, right. Yeah, because it's just like the election. Well, who did you vote for? Ming the Merciless or Darth Vader? You yeah. know, it's, it's one of the two. Yeah, I feel like yeah. Darth Vader would be more fair than Ming the Merciless. Uh, actually, you know what? We probably shouldn't say Darth Vader because he, at the end of Jedi, sorry, ladies, we're going we're gonna to nerd out here. He actually redeemed himself at yeah. the end. You know, and there is no redeeming qualities to um, to Trump at all, and all that. So we're going to change it from Darth Vader to Emperor Palpatine. Hey, that that's but that's what they thought about Vader. They thought there were no <laughs> redeeming qualities. We might be surprised. He might do some self sacrifice. I can't keep I, a straight yeah, face when I say this. <laughs> I was trying. I was trying. I don't trying. think so. Don't think so. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyways, yeah. Yes, this is this is the French merciless with a Y. And all that, which they're every bit as awesome as the other Merciless with an eye. Okay, this kind of reminds me of a game to play with normies. Okay, before we get before we get to a tune here, like we have our legendary artists, legendary bands within the metal scene, within the hardcore scene, and all that. While they're big names to us, the rest of the world maybe not so much. Definitely you want to mess so you, much. You want to mess with someone? Okay. When talking about someone that has the same name as someone from the metal scene, we'll just Barney Greenway from Napalm Death. Chances are Joe Average Normie isn't going to know who Barney Greenway is. You happen to be talking about someone with the same name. Okay. Say to that Normie, oh, Barney Greenway? Yeah, he's a great guy. Now, he's not the Barney Greenway. <laughs> Okay, and watch that normie's face when they're like, what do you mean? Because <laughs> they start questioning it. Like, should I know who Barney Greenway is? Well, no, but because you said that. Yeah. Okay, that's <laughs> that's when they start doubting themselves. And there's, there's nothing better. There's nothing more fun than just torturing normies. You know, you know, so... Uh... <sighs> I think what would be more fun would be like to convert them and have them go to shows. There we are. That's more fun. For sure, for sure. And a good way to get us there to do some normie conversion is with that awesome new Joel Grind record to kind of ease them into the awesome music. Let's go with what's what's called main title from Joel Joel Grind's Welcome to Armageddon City.
from that, I don't know, that aforementioned split comp sampler that off the menu at Chili's, whatever, <laughs> whatever, whatever conclusion we finally came to, that is Whip Striker forged in cruelty see i told you that band was awesome and before that that was merciless with a y you know how girls named like kathy all right it could be spelt with a c or a k or whatever and they say my name's kathy with a k okay henceforth this merciless from now on on radioactive metal will be known as merciless with a y how does that sound uh, okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll, straighten, we'll just straighten that out now. That was the title track from Merciless with a Y's latest record, Mother of All Plagues. Good stuff, good stuff. Thank you for contributing as best you guys could to making um, what could potentially have been the worst Halloween ever. All of this good tunage kind of uh, kind of lifted my spirits and kind of made um, made it one for the books for sure. Whenever we get offered, you know, a um, do you want to talk to this band? You know, you are you obviously always think well, probably the vocalist. He's the guy up front. Okay, he's does most of the interviews. He's the voice of the band. We had the opportunity to speak to Black and Thrash, Deathsters, all sorts of really cool stuff, whatever you want to call them. They're pretty pretty much black black metalers. Paltra Mort. Hmm. Okay, their new record available now. Really cool stuff. Their vocalist is Adam Clemens. He of Skeleton, Witch, and Wolfhammer fame. We played those bands. We've had Skeleton, Witch on. We've had Adam on. We've had... Um, we played Wolfhammer as well on the show and all that. So I just kind of just assumed we were going to speak to Mr. Clemens. Yeah. Well, as it turned out, they had... Um, Guitarist and producer extraordinaire Jared Pritchard waiting in the wings to come on to be a creature feature Rock here on. on Radioactive Metal. And it's like, okay, not who I was expecting, but you know what? Did a little research about everything that Jared does. And it's like, holy geez, not only has he been, you know, contributed to a lot of amazing bands and he's been around you know, since the late 80s, did a lot of contribution to that whole death metal boom, you know, within the early 90s. The dude is a producer extraordinaire, has produced a one ton of amazing records, you know, that I have in my collection from Exhumed and Gruesome and Wolfhammer and all that. So it's like, hell yeah, hell yeah, I want to talk to Mr. Pritchard. Gave us that opportunity because their latest record ex rosa ceremonia is now available and when it got into my ear holes i could not set this chat up fast enough because like i said it's just not not only this amazing musical background 
but I had to get into just all of, you know, because here, like, I'm, I don't really, I don't think the pop world, the country world and all that, I don't think producers, okay, are really much of a thing. I don't think anyone really talks about producers much like metal the metal scene does with Scott Burns, Harris Jones, Bill Matoyer, you know, like they're probably of- not known by the fans of the pop music, mm-hmm. but they are certainly talked about a lot within like, the industry. Yes. Yeah, like within the yeah. industry, especially like when you read articles. Because I remember, um, it was my my last damn show ever, two thousand one January. I got to meet, uh, well, not meet, but I got to sit on a panel with Jimmy Jam, who was producing Janet Jackson at the time. Mm-hmm. And, dude, that guy was just fantastic. And he had all these other, like, you know, big-time big, big time producers. And the best part of that is, you know, like, how, like, this whole, like, sampling thing was really going crazy, like, in the early 2000s, and they were trying to figure it out, and and mm-hmm. everybody was sealing, sealing whatever. Um, oh, my goodness. I can't remember the guy's name now, but um, oh, is it, yeah, this is terrible to say it like this, but Dion Warwick's son. Oh, okay. And I can't remember his name because I, I loved him. Like he, he produced Bone Thugs and Harmony and has done a lot of great stuff. And he turns to Jimmy Jams. He's like, yeah, man. He's like, you remember when you did this record? I totally lifted that snare drum sound from it. Like I sampled that and um, he's like, wow. Okay. And then like literally everybody on the panel had actually lifted that same sample. (laughs) He's like, what is everybody stealing my stuff? It was great. It was so cool. But yeah, anyway, I digress. You're right. People, people really don't talk about like the, 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 the basic fan doesn't know about producers the way that we Mm. would hear in the metal world. Oh, yeah, like there's interviews and all that. You see them in the metal press and all that. So, so you know, just we had to branch off the conversation, you know, from music to that side. And it definitely made for a very interesting chat to get us to said chat. We're going to drop a track from... Drop it like a time. <laughs> Drop a track. Yes. Yes. From 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 said ex Rosa Ceremonia. Let's go with well, first song, side one, since it kind of took uh you know, since we kind of mentioned it in the interview, let's go with Serpents Acquire.
First and foremost, probably the thing we want to get to the most is a new, you're, you're doing the press junket right now, I guess, for the new Poultra Mort record, El Rosa Ceremonia. Did I get that correct? Am I close? You're very close. It's Poultra Morte. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent, excellent. Well, I've been, you know, I've been doing the metal thing for 30, 35 years, and you still, some names, they still get that unique spelling and all that, and it's like, oh, I hope I'm getting this right. Um, probably the majority of our listeners would be familiar with you, or be more familiar with your band Wolfhammer, so maybe kind of give a little intro as to what this band is, how long you've been doing it, the sound, just whatever you feel would be best to kind of introduce everything. Sure. Well, um, with Wolfhammer, I was uh, really just a fill-in. I made a record with them. I had been friends with all those guys for a long time. I, I played guitar for them to cover some shows, but uh, so I wouldn't really term that as my band, definitely more uh the other guys, but um, this is a band called Polker Morte that was started by some friends of mine, Clayton Gore and Jeff Braden and Jason, and um, kind of taking a look at some of the music that we grew up on that we maybe felt like hadn't been completed or like a, a style that was more reliant on um, songwriting, I think sort of a blend of like death rock and death metal at the time. Um, so the guys kind of wanted to do a project that was in that vein or along those lines, and uh, we did the first album. Uh, and, you know, like any progression of things, we moved on, and this is our second. It's called Ex Rosa Ceremonia. And uh, I think whereas in the first record, we, you know, we are definitely doing our own take on it, but we wore influences kind of on our sleeve, and I think that this record is much more a representation of, of just who we are, not necessarily trying to fit in a genre, just us creating and playing music that we want to listen to, to be honest. Right, right. What are some of those artists that kind of made you go, yeah, I think I can do this? Well, early on, I mean, I really liked the Gothic era, Paradise Lost, obviously. I liked My Dying Bride. Uh a lot of death rock influence for me. I, I liked Christian Death. I liked uh, Fields of the Nephilim. I liked Bauhaus a whole lot. Um, I liked uh, all of their catalog, but I really liked the first at the Gate CP, Gardens of Grief. Um, There's just so many things. And really, when I, I heard what the guys were up to when I was joining, I was just really impressed by kind of have the weight and power without relying on speed or, or technicality, which um, is really fantastic. I mean, I work with a lot of bands that are ultra-fast and ultra-technical, and I really love that kind of music. But I wanted to play something that was strictly based on feeling and songwriting and that really didn't pay a lot of attention to those things uh, because I felt like so many other people had covered it so well. Um, so that's kind of where I'm coming from. I also listen to a lot of music that's probably not, you know, termed as such. I, I you know, obviously I, I really like Black Sabbath. I, I like, uh, like Slow Dive a whole lot. I like a lot of early Bowie T-Rex. I like a lot of punk rock music. Um, so the influence has definitely come from everywhere, at least for me, that's for sure. 
Excellent, excellent. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of what you want. You know, do what you feel is best for you as an artist. And the new record sounds fantastic. Is there like ex Rosa Ceremonia? It kind of makes me think there's an idea or a concept behind this. Uh, I think that our concepts so far have evolved during creation. I don't necessarily think that we set out to do much, but I think that once you're done and you kind of look back across it, maybe you can see a theme or whatever. I mean, lyrically, of course, that comes from Adam, our vocalist, and um, where he's coming from, but we agree on most things and we have conversations about things and what they're about or what they mean. And um, conceptually, um, I don't think there's any one concept. I mean, I've written a press release that's, you know, uh, looking for a mental and spiritual renaissance in people. And and that definitely is me speaking. And I was mostly just referring to, you know, people living, uh, especially with the current situation in sort of a virtual world and how important it is to experience your world through your own eyes, not necessarily through a media outlet or an AI, that it's important that you take note of what you see, not what you're shown. And, and, and that's a really vast concept if you sit back and think about it. And, you know, everything that you're told isn't necessarily as things are. And, and for me, I, I feel like any time a media situation or whatever climbs onto a platform and, you know, really forces an idea, I tend to question it. And, and that's probably just the, you know, old punk rocker in me but uh, it's the way mm-hmm. I've lived my life. So I, I feel like um, that, if anything, there's there's that. And I also feel like, um, you know, it, it the song The Serpent's Choir obviously sort of, you know, reaches out for a sort of unity that we found wasn't there because of the fact that nobody could go to shows or anything. So we tried to create something like a show by having a lot of people involved. And, and, and so conceptually, I think it's, uh, obviously it's important what, we feel about it, but more important, how the person listening interprets it and leaving room for them to come up with their own idea based on what we shared with them. That's what you want at the end of the day, for sure, for sure. With, with the words and with, with the band's moniker, what exactly does that mean? Uh, Fulcrum Morte, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it means the beautiful death. Uh, it's something Clay came up with. I, I you know, uh, I think it lends itself to the music to being, you know, somewhat melodic and heavy, but still dark as, you know, a a death situation would be. Uh, I think that's kind of what that is. I think that fits. I definitely think that fits. You do a lot of production as well. When I was going over your discography of everything that you worked on in the studio and all that, it's like, holy geez, this, this album's awesome. These, these guys are good friends of the show. Wow, this, this, this is fantastic. How did you start in that area? Was it just a natural progression or where did we start with that? Well, I think I had a, a natural sort of propensity for it. But uh, a lot of it comes from my dad and my mom. My mom was uh, is uh, still acting in theater and television and commercials and this, that, and the other. And I spent a lot of time around production when I was a kid. Uh, my father was a musician at first and an engineer and uh, became 
an acoustics engineer for a NASA subcontractor. So I had, you know, guitars and recording equipment were around, you know, from a young age. And then I got into playing in bands. And, uh, again, I was, like, at first playing, like, punk rock music. And so PA systems and putting on our own shows and everything was part of what we did. Um, a lot of time passed. I, you know, got involved in my band Eulogy that I did with our drummer Clayton for many years. And at a point in it, I had been an electrician for quite a while. I was doing, you know, construction, and I actually hurt myself. I cut my hand really bad. And I was just hmm. like, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not, no, I'm not going to work anymore. And uh, I spoke to my father about it. My father said, well, why don't you just go engineer? And, and I didn't really understand the concept, even though we were making demos ourselves. We were kind of always handling our own tech work. I, didn't, I don't think I understood that people made a living at it. And my dad kind of laughed and said, you know, of course you do. Get out there. I've been teaching you since you're a little kid. And I went out and I found immediately when I was studying, I was reading a lot, trying to learn how to do this well, I became really fascinated with the art, like how albums had been made since the, the first ones had been made, and it progressed from there. I've done it in a lot of different facets. I mean, I have also was a teacher at a, a university. I taught large format recording. I mixed a lot of television for Discovery Channel, and I also have been a touring front of house engineer and tour manager for quite a long time while once my kids got you know to an age when me being gone wouldn't affect them as much and so that's kind of the journey but I I I feel like it's exactly as it should be I don't feel like there was ever any big hump or like big effort for it I just feel like it was a real natural flow for me like it made sense I I I know what I want to hear um I try to get there as best as I can hopefully what I want to hear is what the artist wants (laughs) um you know, and that's just kind of how it's been. And now I, you know, looking around as the world has changed where there isn't touring in the set and the other. And I, I have to admit that I wonder what's going to happen if it's something that I'll be able to continue to do. I, I hope so because I really love what I do, but I also own a recording studio in uh, Florida with my partner, Jeremy. And uh, I like to work in a studio in Illinois called earth analog that I'm actually sitting in right now because we're rehearsing this week. Finally, we get to play together as a band, which I'm extremely excited about. So excellent. Yeah, I I, I feel like it was really natural, and, I, and it it just went as it should go. Right on, right on. So, can you? I you might have touched on this, but can you actually make a living just from this, just from producing now? Um, I don't know. It's a it's an interesting world. I mean, there there you know a lot of people are doing more at home and feel comfortable in that scenario. And I, uh, I hope so. I, I really like what it is that I do and I'm available always, you know, to work with anybody just about that wants to get something done or achieve this out of the other. I, I think it kind of depends on whether or not people want to work with you or whether they feel the need for what it is that you bring to the table. I, I like consoles. I like uh, analog tape machines. I'm very, very well-versed in digital audio. I, I taught it, but I, I like the way a desk sounds. I like focusing on performance. I'd rather fix the performance or fix the sound at the beginning as opposed to trying to fix it with a computer. Um, so I do kind of a 
specific thing. And uh, as long as people are interested in that, then, yeah, I think so. I hope so. Right on, right on. Definitely. I'm looking forward to one day seeing your name in the same breath as, like, the Scott Burns and the Harris Johns and, and all of that of the world. I think that would be really cool. That would be fantastic because I, I just want to add to you, like, I admire and revere so many engineers, young guys and veterans. I'm just always so fascinated with the process of people's work. Uh, Joe Barisi is one of my favorites. Martin Birch, who did everything from Maiden to Purple to Bloister Cult, is another. Uh, there are modern guys that I really like. You know, uh, Eric Rutan is a friend of mine. I think Eric does fantastic work. I have always admired Scott Burns. I got the opportunity to speak to him on the phone when I was doing one of the gruesome records and actually ask him some questions about how they did things then. That was a, um, It was a tremendous experience, and he was very gracious with his time and information, and I felt really fortunate to be able to do that. So not only do I really enjoy my side of it, I also – enjoy the sort of fraternity that it is. And, and I love to talk to other engineers. I love to share ideas with people. I, I, I love that this learning process seems to continue. I don't ever feel like I'll ever know enough. So being able to talk to people and share ideas and share information and everything, it, it means the world to me. It's, it's a very huge part of who I am. Definitely, definitely. Right on. That's so good to hear. Do you get a lot of questions from press about this part of what you do? Yeah, I mean, a little bit. I mean, it's, you know, people know some of the work that I've done. You know, the GoTour stuff is pretty well known, the the last album anyway. And uh, I think people know about the gruesome stuff and a few things. And I think people, you know, they ask about it some of the time, and I'm I'm happy they do. I mean, it's really nice to be recognized. It's something you work hard at, you know, so I'm really happy that people ask. Right on, right on. That's kind of what we pride ourselves on the show. Find that somewhat unique question that, because when, like, when you talk to a band and they're putting out a new record, yeah, they want to talk about it, but you know, if you could pick their brains about stuff they might not necessarily do a lot of talking about, I can see that they really appreciate it. Right yeah. On. Right on. Um, what about your work? And you were with a, you pretty much had a cup of coffee with the band Brutality. I believe. What what was the situation and what went on there? Because I know our listeners would be familiar with that name. Well, I've known those guys for years. I mean, like many years. And uh, Jay Fernandez, the guitarist, played in my band Eulogy for a little while. He's always been a, a friend and an influence of mine. He's a great musician. Uh, uh, yeah, Scott Regal introduced our first gig <laughs> that we ever played. Uh, with our, you know, final lineup is Yulji, and basically I made records with them, and like I said, we've all been close friends, and it came to a point where they needed a live guitarist, but I think what they wanted more was someone uh, just to play, and I never really wanted to interject into what they do. Like, I, I feel like they have it covered, uh, the way that they create, and I didn't really feel like it was necessary to be a part of that, so... I, you know, made records with them and stuff, but I just made myself available to cover live shows with them. Um, unfortunately, that only was Maryland Death Fest, but through no fault of our own, because we had uh, several international dates booked that ended up having to be postponed for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, 
with myself, I'm kind of an old timer myself. I remember those glorious demo days of the 80s when we used to do the snail mail and the tape trading in the back of Metal Forces magazine and all that. And you, were you not part of that, those awesome demo days with Ex Mortis? Uh, okay, so that, that's a funny thing there. Um, I got turned on to Ex Mortis because of their drummer, uh, Antar Lee Coates, moving to Florida. Um, and he turned me on to it. And I, meeting him was where I kind of became more aware of the the demo and tape trading. Uh, I get listed as a part of that because I had had a conversation with them at a point where I was going to play leads and whatnot on the new stuff, which uh, it never really came to pass. I'm not sure why. I, there was no big thing. I, I think just life got in the way for certain people. But I always get listed in that, and it feels strange to me because – I wasn't a part of that, and, and and that band is a band that I I really love. Those early demos, uh, the Sunday Chaos and uh, Immortality's End. Like I, I just think those demos are great. I, I love that stuff so much. And if the opportunity had presented itself to play, I would have definitely been there and done it and really enjoyed it. But I just unfortunately never got the opportunity. Oh, okay. Um, but what what about? Do you recall that whole scene? way back when of trading demos and, you know, that anticipation, you know, you're going to the mailbox and opening up the package because you know that that guy from Spain is going to send you that obscure demo and all that. Were you all, were you all in on that? Um, at probably a little bit later than um, some of the people, probably right around 89 or 90 is when I got involved in that. Like I, I got the first Morbid Angel demos from David. He gave me uh, Thy Kingdom Come and a Holy Blasphemy's demo and a live tape and Abominations. Like we were really into Vader's first demo. I loved Ex Mortis. Uh, there's a band from up there in the Maryland area called Malfader that I liked. Um, I'm from Virginia Beach, so I kind of grew up listening to at war and seeing them play locally i uh so you know i was aware of the underground stuff and when i'm but when i moved to tampa in 1988 when i went down there that would be when i became much more aware of this thing called death metal and through various friends i got turned on to things like i i saw obituary when they were executioner uh that was fantastic uh, nocturnus in the really you know early days 88 89 that's kind of where I came into it. And so, yeah, I, there was some tape trading, and we did a good amount of that with Eulogy with the Dismal demo. So uh, starting a little bit later, like probably in about 1992, we were doing a lot of mail with a lot of different people, which is um, a little bit later. The zines were really my favorite part of that. Um, Kim mm-hmm. August had a magazine called Ultimatum that I was a fan of uh, a really early when we started with our drum machine demo before we got our massive game changer, Mr. Clayton Gore. We had a drum machine demo that we uh, traded around and Kim was really good to us and gave us press. I, I know I was in touch with Laurent from Peardrop and I remember being in touch with Matillion uh, getting Slayer mag in like 1990 and seeing the early, murmurs from him of black metal up you know in the scandinavia and so that's kind of my involvement in it and then i i enjoyed it a lot it was uh it was very cool to see it emerge so organically within itself to be 
a thing that I, I don't think anyone could have stopped. I think that it was inevitable that it was going to grow no matter what because of the networks that were made in such unorthodox ways. Uh, it reminds me in a lot of ways of the way that, like, for instance, Black Flag networked America for van touring in the first half of the 80s, which is a very important part of our history, even if you're not into that kind of music. It's very important, the work that they did uh, to make it possible for people without the support of a label or the set and the other to be able to get in the van and go to a town you've never been to and get out and play. And those networks that were formed back then were fantastic. It's a a wonderful part of our history. Right on, right on. See, I love talking about stuff like that and that era. Thank you so much. And finally, I'll kind of let you get on with the rest of your day here, but you mentioned the Serpent Choir making, you know, be appearing on this record. Exactly what would that be? Uh, it's the opening track on our album, and we were finishing up vocals uh, right as all of the, uh, you know, isolation and then self-quarantining started, and, you know, we were doing this. And it just occurred to me that it would be really cool to put like an open invitation. It was something that I didn't feel like anyone had ever done before. And it's like, hey, anybody that wants to, like I, I don't know you, I, I don't need to know you, whether you're a pro, whether you're on your computer, whether you're on your telephone, like I don't care, sing with us. And I'm going to kind of quote Clay, and I want to take credit for it, because Clayton, our drummer, he kind of attributes that to more like being at a show where everyone's around each other and you're all screaming the same thing because you all have an intention, even though you don't know each other, but you are all singing the same thing. So we put the word out that there was an open invitation. We reached out personally to some of our friends and all in all, I think we ultimately had somewhere around a hundred voices to back us up. And I think it's really special because it's a lot of different people. Um, you know, some professionals, some not singing with us. Um, there are some people that sang with us that I'm a huge fan of for my entire life, like Blaine Cook from The Accused mm-hmm. and uh, Nick Oliveri, uh, Jared Lush from Chem Lab offers his voice. Jason Avery from Eulogy returned and sang some backup and sang part of the Serpent Squire. So it was, uh, you know, Ross Dolan from Immolation, who I've been a fan of forever. Uh, it Just everyone that that sent something in is on the record. There was no screening process. If it came, if a voice came, if I had a voice file, I found a place to put it in the, in the mix. And I wanted it to be like a gang course at a show. And that's, that's what we did. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. It's kind of a very innovative idea that I hadn't really heard of before and all that. Um, Finally, just, Give some quick advice maybe off the top of your head to a young upcoming musician trying struggling right now, particularly with all this craziness going on. What would you give, what would you say to that young artist? Uh, I would say speaking from my own experience and looking back over my career, maybe not mistakes, but things I would do differently. Spend the time to make something amazing. Uh, if you make something good, it's a matter of time before people hear it. Take the time. Uh, practice your craft. I mean, get together with your friends. Make music. If you suck, keep making music. It needs to be about you. It needs to be about how you feel before you can 
give that to someone else. It has to be something that you feel. And when all this craziness gets out of the way, I cannot state this enough. Get in the van and go play. doesn't matter where. Go play. Go find other people that are doing what you're doing and get involved and make music that is in the control of people that want to make music first and foremost and, and be a part of that. And don't give up. If it's something that you love, you know, tenacity is, is an important thing. Like, don't stop. You know, if, if, if the first attempt isn't good, try again. Make something better and keep doing it. As long as it makes you happy, keep doing it. Don't stop.
If you're not tuned in to The Shining Wizards, listen to what some of our fans have to say about the show. Hey guys, it's the Stallion. And when I'm contemplating suicide, I throw on The Shining Wizards because nothing makes me feel better than knowing I'm not one of these four grown adults, virgin fucking marks, discussing a fake wrestling product. Tune in live every Tuesday night, 7 p.m. East, rantemradio.com. It's The Shining Wizards where it's wrestling talk and talk about wrestling.
Going way back, way back into Mr. Pritchard's vast discography. Because I, I had to do this because you know me talking about the old demo days and all that in the back of Metal Forces magazine, their demolition section and all that. Yeah, yeah, he was right in there with his band Eulogy, their debut demo that was the title track dismal and right after our chat with him was the aforementioned wolfhammer their monuments of ash and bone album that is law of the rope i remember meeting mr clemens in person after wolfhammer played here um i wanted to buy some merch off of my butt i was gonna buy the cd and just some other stuff. And I was hanging with him at the booth. And I was trying kind of deciding what else to get. And I finally said, I find I finally said to Mr. Clemens, here, I'm gonna give you this money. I gave him a 20. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're gonna, you're gonna take this the new album. Thank you. And you're just gonna give me stuff. <laughs> okay. What whatever. <laughs> okay. To whatever you think accumulates to 20 bucks okay so he gave me the cd and he gave me some patches and you know some pins and all that it's like great this is how you do it you know (laughs) you know because i i have that special memory you know and it was fun you know instead of like counting every little penny and you know like you know this 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 was a a really fun interaction here i'm gonna give you some money you give me stuff that easy and all that yeah yeah so you know, if I'll we would have interviewed uh adam clemens i would have made you play this for all your normie friends and tell them that it's clarence clemens nephew or you know son or something like that cousin <laughs> right <laughs> and be like, sure. yeah you know you know springsteen clarence clemens yeah well, you're gonna love this interview check check this out I remember, remember, I did, I did that to. I was interviewing um, dude from Arch Enemy and Carcass. Okay, oh geez, there's that brain fart that I was talking about. I was, I, I, I did a, I had a phoner with him right before I went to work. I showed up to work and I was with the young lady that I share an office with, who's a total normie. Okay. And she said, oh, you did an interview today. Who did, you, who did you speak to? I said, this really amazing guitarist. Okay, he's just absolutely fantastic. You've heard of Stevie Ray Vaughan, right? And she goes, yeah, he sounds familiar. Well, not him. He died 20 years ago. The look on her face, you know... That the look on her face right before a woman calls you an asshole or, you know, slaps you on the shoulder or something. I knew right then and there, like she had that look on her I'm so face. proud of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So that's, thank you everyone for helping out in getting Mr. Pritchard on the show. I want to talk a little more 
though, about the Serpent's Choir. Okay, he touched upon it on the sh- on the interview. You know, okay, where he, where he was saying he he put the word out, and whoever contributed the vocals to the song, they were going to make the whole gang choir thing and all that. And they were they called it the Serpent's Choir. Okay, he didn't really get into exactly a lot of the people that kind of contributed to this and who the Serpent's Choir is. And it's like, holy jeez, some of the names on here, this is absolutely fantastic. Some of the more you know familiar names our listeners will have that participated in the Serpent's Choir are... Archeron and Raven from 1349, Jason Avery from Monstrosity, Mike Browning from Nocturnus AD, Blaine Cook from um, The Accused AD, or basically The Accused, Vanessa Cordoba and Chris Lytle from In Satany, who we had we we had Mr. Lytle on earlier this year. Ross Dolan from Immolation, we've had him on a number of times as well. Charles Elliott from Abysmal Dawn. Our good buddy Matt Harvey from Exhumed contributed contributed to to this, as well as John Jarvis from um, Scour. And agoraphobic nosebleed. We've had him on the show, as well as Kyle Thomas from Exhorter. And it's like, yeah, holy jeez! When I saw the list of names that participated on that, I was blown away. Like that, that's amazing. Imagine, imagine a band, okay, like an all-star jam band of these names, because there's some amazing vocalists there and a whole whack of great musicians that would be absolutely fantastic so once again thank you everyone for making that happen for us as we mentioned okay as we speak still haven't you know found ourselves a uh, a president from the UF for the US of A right now. Oh, I'm hoping I'm hoping that, you know, you know, the the American government learns how to count before the next time this show goes to air because honestly, like the 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 Canadian election, like we know who the next prime minister is before we go to bed. Oh, that's always good. And I mean, <laughs> typically know? we yeah. do. I, I think what upsets me is the fact that we knew COVID was a thing. We knew restrictions and safety were a problem. Um, you should have started. I mean, we had in-person voting. I don't know for how long before the election. That's how I did mine. I voted early. But so there are all these options. You're not telling me you couldn't have said, listen, if you don't mail it by this date, it's not going to get counted. Right. You know, of course. Like, you have to take responsibility for your own yeah, damn action. Somebody has to. But then like, like this is one of those things where... If you have states that are going to take this, I mean, like, like, I believe that one of the states won't even start counting their votes until November 10th is what I read. Oh, jeez. Like, like the mail-in ballots or something like that. And, and who knows, maybe all that's shifted and changed because, you know, different articles and stuff. But mm-hmm. if that's the case, like, I, you know, I, I feel like that's that's 
essentially saying that, well, we wanted to do this so we have way more time for voter fraud, you know, because that I feel like that's what they're going for, you know. Probably, yeah. But then, so you we know need what that else? corruption time. Well, yeah. yeah, exactly. That that's that's like it's it's just smoke and mirrors. But something else I really realized, like I was reading election coverage, and they're like, well, if um, Biden wants to unseat unseat Trump in this particular state, here's what he's going to have to do. You know who else uses that type of language? Sportscasters. Well, yeah, yeah. If the Steelers want to unseat the Patriots, they're going to have to. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, this, this, and this. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, OMG, no wonder the election is such a freaking nightmare. No wonder everybody is just pissing, like having a pissing contest with each other. Because when you have rival sports teams, holy cow, the mean trash talking. And this, it's that's what this has become. It's like two rival sports teams but they both suck you Mm -hmm. know Uh uh-huh it's crazy but anyway for for sure yeah (laughs) but we digress but we digress i can't wait till all of this is blowing over but before we throw in the towel or before we concede shall we say i kind of put it out to some of my uh facebook friends you know, that that people would know, people from established bands or friends of the show or just, you know, like, let's put out kind of like as a follow-up to our conversation last week as to who we think would make a good president or prime minister. And I got a pretty good response from this. And I want to kind of, let me pull it up here. I want to kind of share some of these responses um right out of the uh right out of uh right uh, right out of the gate here i mentioned um mr mason from inhumed his guitarist saul lamont great guy big part of the metal scene around here he recommended jeremy hebert from comeback kid and todd kowalski from uh propaganda here from winnipeg but these two bands are two of the biggest hardcore bands like in the world right now they've totally they've totally expanded internationally those two okay those two mr ebert and mr kowalski both would make wicked prime ministers definitely get my vote those two gentlemen chimed in and said the other <laughs> would make a great prime minister, and you can't you can't argue with that, you know. That's <laughs> like, funny for sure, for sure. Our good buddy Robin Mason from Gruesome and Draketta, and every time she's in town, because she's like the leading merch person in the metal world and all that. She's just a fan. I love her to death. She's absolutely amazing. She has got this really, and she doesn't hide it. Okay, she does. She does not hide just how in love she is with James Hetfield. Okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> so when I saw her name pop up, it's like, oh, she's James. Yeah. Ah, surprise, surprise. Yeah. So, Ms. Mason, of course, James Hetfield, um, from the local punk 
band Hippo, Jason McNaughton here in Winnipeg. He said, I'm going to say Dave Mustaine just to stir the pot a bit. To which I responded, you know, well, you know, the early Dave Mustaine would actually be a pretty good choice, as I outlined last week. Oh, yeah. Um, Mr. Mark Vercracy from uh, Bulldog's Pizza. Okay, that the head high honcho there, and our good buddy Sky's dad. He came in with Theodore Anthony Nugent, saying, <laughs> saying he even has a presidential name. And you know what? I can't believe I never thought of this last week when you brought him up. Yeah. Okay, because for years, you know, he's been accused of being a pedophile and a draft dodger. Okay, then it's like, okay, then he's, if that's the case, like, the news should fit right in, yeah. you know, with, with, with the White House, with the allegations that Biden, you know, has against him, you know, and that Clinton has. And I think the Clinton, whole Epstein, Biden, all of them. All of them, yeah. You know, there is going to be someday, sometime, there's going to be irre- irre- irrefutable proof, okay, Someone is going to come up with something, and hopefully he doesn't get assassinated, that just proves that all of these guys were into some really, really sick shit. Okay? <sighs> yeah. You know, and I hate to say it, and I don't mean to bring the party down, but yeah, yeah, and of course Nugent, you know, he's he has he has that 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 reputation of living with a 14-year-old girl. You know, and he he dodged the draft, which honestly, okay, we're talking Vietnam, okay, and I've never criticized any conscientious objectors to the Vietnam draft, never, no, never, conscientious Canadians, as they <laughs> use that expression on that seventies show. Um, Sky, our good buddy Sky nominated um this young lady here in the local scene Paige Drobot. Oh nice. Yeah, and when she gave all the reasons why it's like, yeah, yeah, I kind of know Paige. I could see that. I could see that. Danny Lazon from Entropy, who are have returned this year. Definitely a really cool Toronto Thrash band. There we had them uh, in our indie spotlight a couple episodes ago. He nominated D. Snyder. Yes, he said D. Snyder. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he said D. Snyder because he's not going to take it. And of course, Sky responded with, "Yeah, what he said." <laughs> <laughs> How can you argue that? How can oh, yeah. you? Argue- uh, yeah, yeah. Mr. Matt Harvey from Exhumed and Gruesome and the multiple times on Radioactive Metal, good friend of the show. He gave his nod to Barney Greenway of Napalm Death. And of course, like, yeah, yeah, you spend you spend 10 minutes with Barney. He will make your head spin and you'll be like, yeah, I want this guy as prime minister or president as it may be. Let's say hello and horns up to Kerry Gordon. He's uh, the uh, host of some podcasts um, that I've enjoyed for years now. MSR Cast and Metal Geeks. When we were a part of the uh, Cast Iron Ring 
years back. Carrie's podcasts were a part of that. And I try to keep in contact with him as much as possible. He chimed in with Rob Halford is the man. All that. So, yeah, yeah. I agree with him. Um, our former co-host, Mr. Rock Valiancourt, he chimes in with Mr. Henry Rollins. Yeah, uh, yeah. Rock said he even described how his presidency would go on, you know, <laughs> on one of his spoken word CDs. There's a couple which... where he talks about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course, Mr. Coffeebino Calta couldn't agree more. Fucking a rock. For sure, for sure. Um, good friend of mine, Ray Skellington, here in the local metal scene. She said, "I would, I would love to see Mick Mars, if only because he wouldn't put up with people's shit and doesn't give a fuck about pleasing millionaires and all that." Another local, another local dude in some bands, Johan Ver- Verhorek. He um, nominated Phil Rind from Sacred Reich. Okay, which I totally get that. That is an amazing choice. We had we had Mr. Rind on a bucket list moment for me um, having him on because Sacred Reich is one of those politically motivated metal bands as well. I think that would be an um, awesome choice. Um, Winnipeg heavy metal model and former radioactive metal alum Crystal Vandalism chimed in saying she would love to see how Marilyn Manson would run things. He clearly is intelligent and raises good points of exception of acceptance and equality equity. She also thinks that Nergal from um, Behemoth would be, it would be interesting seeing his taking on the political role. Like look at his posts. They are definitely out there. You'd be awesome about Manson. Like, picture the inauguration, and he's like, <laughs> and I gave you all a special gift, and it's under your chair, and everybody reaches under their chair, and it's the Marilyn Manson dildo. <laughs> the, the dildo with his face on it. Like, just <laughs> picture that. Like, just picture, like, this, you know, huge, and, and because you know it's going to be a mix. There's going to be people who are going to want to be there because they're Marilyn Manson fans, but there's going to be all the socialites people we're like, oh, we're here with a new president. And they reach under and they get a Marilyn Manson dildo in their hand. Like, there we go. That is a paparazzi's dream. Think of all the different people <laughs> the, of pictures you could get holding a dildo. And I'm, this would be memes for years, dude. Like, we mm-hmm. need to make this happen. If there was anyone in the political field that ever needed a Marilyn Manson dildo, it was fucking Tipper Gore. Yeah. Like, there was a woman who just needed to lighten up and get laid back then. Holy jeez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mr. John Duke, he of Votaw fame, we just, we just recently had them on the show here. He, he as well nominated Henry Rollins or Iggy Pop. Nice. I'll take either one of those. The birthday girl, Ninja Cat Jess, she chimed in with D. Snyder. Of course, to which um, Sky said, "How is he not the president right now?" I'm going to have to introduce Sky and Ninja Cat Jess. I think they would be really good friends. I don't think they've met one another 
yeah, just happenstance, you know. Um, You've been slacking your duties. Well, I am. I, I mean, have COVID, but and still. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, earlier this year, speaking of really good friends, we had my oldest friend of 40 years. We had Mr. Mark Buell on. Okay. And he was the big rush fan, you know, when Neil when Neil Peart passed away, we had our big rush episode. Well, Mr. Buell chimed in with D. Snyder again. And well, he was saying D. Snyder, Rivers Como. Oh, Rivers Cuomo from Weezer. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's why I didn't know who that was. Okay. Um, yeah, well, he's got does he have a Harvard degree, I think? Like that 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 guy has some serious gray matter going on. Okay, I'll take your word for yeah, it. He, well, he's he's like he's the alt rocker Tom Morello, and I know technically, you know, some people might say that Tom Morello is the alt rocker, but um, oh God, Rock and I got into the whole Raging the Machine being new metal discussion, you fuckers. But anyway, <laughs> um, ugh, just disgust me. But anyway, like Rage's metal. But and but but like he's he's essentially he's another Tom Morello like he's a guy that's you don't realize how much of a shredder he is on guitar because of the type of music his band plays, and you also don't realize they they have these degrees from these major universities for topics that are not necessarily easy topics, you know. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, some serious stuff, man. Right on, right on. Well, thank you. I had no idea. What that I just with with a name like that, I was thinking like an old blues singer or an uh, old yeah. blues guitarist or something like with a name like that. Definitely, definitely. Well, he went on saying as well, he said, What the hell? Why not Taylor Swift? I mean, musicians make for shitty politicians anyways. You so know, though, like, <laughs> I feel like Taylor Swift has taken so because I mean, you figure her career, she started when she was what 14, right? Mm-hmm. And She's so huge and done all this music. And I think she's finally gotten to the point where she's doing the stuff that she wants to do. Like she's, she's in a, I don't give a fuck kind of place. I mean, you know, she's still not playing stuff we're going to play on this show, but I can really respect what she's doing. You know, and, and there, she's got some good stuff out there, but I, I have a I feeling that, that she's taken enough crap that, you know, if you put her in a position like that, she'd be like, Oh no, fuckers. No, just no, you know, like, I think that'd be a blast. Definitely be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And finally, um, from none other than the exalted pile driver himself, I told you all about who pile driver was this amazing, you know, with this, with, with the, the huge spikes and all that, and, you know, the metal inquisition and sex with Satan. And like, he was this, he was almost like a brutal spinal tap type, new type, yeah. type, new type musician. It's just like, it's just, it's almost a comedy act, but with some really wicked, brutal underground tunes. Well, Mr. Piledriver, the exalted Piledriver, old Piley himself, said, well, we definitely deserve a Henry Rollins or a D. Snyder, okay, but your political, I think he was thinking that I'm American here, I gotta get Piley 
on the phone and straighten him out here. He said, but your political trajectory for the past several years indicates you would probably elect Kid Rock or the new. Oh, God, yeah. And it's like, yeah, I you know what? Kid Rock. Yeah, I yeah. can totally see the country electing Kid Rock. Oh, God, yeah. And I don't argue with Piley. No way. Forget it. No. So that's kind of, you know, the house of radioactive metal chiming in with all of this going on. Okay. And I, I could, I, I could see people getting bummed out. Okay. Halloween was maybe not what you were expecting. And, you know, with everything going on in the world between COVID and the election and all that, you know, I could see everyone's, you know, mental health at an all time low and all that. So I kind of want to, before we get into tonight's indie spotlight, I kind of want to end up on some positive notes here earlier this week. Okay, I was just kind of pissing around on Facebook, kind of getting today's episode going when I had a cup of coffee, okay, in my Motorhead mug. Yeah, I got the Lemmys going in it now, but I decided the other morning I was going to get some coffee in it. And I sat down, going through Facebook, and I ran in on my timeline a uh, something from Caden DePina from Hyrax popped up. Okay, and it was he was he was he had this story that I'm going to get into right away. But what caught my eye right away is he's drinking coffee in the very same Motorhead mug. I got the picture. I've got his picture of the mug, and I got this mug. They're they're right beside each other. It's the same mug. That's just awesome. Okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So so you know, I messaged him right away. I said, "Dude, coffee, same mug. You know, this is awesome." And he responded, "You know, that's that, that's great. That's because you're so awesome and all that." So that really kind of made my day. What he was on. Facebook was going on about was he was sharing a story from when he was a kid. Okay. And this is, you know, what I call, you know, one of those heartfelt rock and roll feel good moments. Okay. He was going on saying, and you and I, we can relate to this. Okay. Because we're of that age. We're, we're Caton's age. Okay. He said, when I was in junior high school, my parents would give me a dollar for lunch every day, which that alone, a buck, oh, yeah. you know, you know, wow. Okay. That's great, all it was. Great. That's all it was. Yeah. Yeah. My parents would give me a dollar for lunch every day. I was so into records that I would save my lunch money. And at the end of the week on Friday, I would walk from my house and ride my bike to Tower Records on Beach Boulevard and buy a new record. This was, he was, he's, he's in LA. Okay, I used my lunch money to buy records. I was such a crazy kid. I didn't mind starving, not eating at school, so that I could buy music. It's no wonder I only weighed 129 pounds in junior high, but I survived. That's just awesome, dude. That's that's fantastic. <laughs> that's fantastic. There is a guy, you know, that loves his music. You know, and like even even back then, like I I can relate to that. I was oh, yeah. the same way. I saved my pennies. I made my way to records on wheels. 
you know, like to buy that that new possessed album or that new DOA album or something like that. It's something, you know, that musical connoisseurs can really relate to. I wanted to share that Mr. Caden said, yeah, you know what, dude, I am an open book, whatever you share with the listeners and all that. Um, before we get to our indie spotlight and make our way, you know, pull this into this this train into the crazy this crazy train into the station shall we say today is as we speak it's uh Bandcamp day again oh crap okay. you're right yeah Son yeah of a gun. Of, yeah i kind of forgot to mention this last episode so people could have taken advantage of it for today but you know okay it's a week later I still want to draw our listeners' attention to this really cool compilation album called Shut It Down, Benefit for the Movement for Black Lives. Oh, rock on. Yeah, yeah, this compilation album, okay, you know, all the the all the all the proceeds, you know, from it going towards the Black Lives movement, 46 tracks from some of the most amazing bands currently on the scene, bands we've had on the show, bands we've played their stuff, bands we'll have on again, bands I really want to have and all that, including Zabalba. We just had Primitive Man on a couple weeks back. Uh, Misery Signals, okay, that they've actually had me on their documentary interviewing them you might remember that um jesus peace great new hardcore band war on women i absolutely love that band terminal nation we've played on the show we played la armada on the show it's 48 tracks of wicked metal and hardcore all for a good cause so go on to Bandcamp, shut it down benefit for the movement for black lives i want to play a song from said record. How about a really cool live song from Jesus Peace? This is Oppressor. Fuck that, no, 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 f
say hello and horns up to my good buddy jay martin here from the winnipeg metal scene throughout all of this craziness once again while i'm screwing around on facebook he had posted masters america the pitiful (laughs) it kind of popped up on my timeline it's like ah gotta play a master song i know we just played um a track from Paul Speckman's latest project just a couple weeks ago, but we haven't had any master on for a while. So it's like, Oh dude, thanks for reminding me with everything that's going on in the world with the whole election and all that. That is a very apropos song, a very apropos band in our indie spotlight. We're not ready to um we're not ready just yet 
to get rid of um, Halloween. So we're going to contrib- we're going to continue that right now in tonight's indie spotlight. We're always on the lookout for fresh new talent. Check out this indie spotlight. I want to introduce everyone to LA's Make Them Die Slowly. That's a okay. great name. It is. It great is. Great name. It is. It is because I could tell this band, more horror fanatic type bands. I love, I love that when my metal bands have this huge thing for horror films because not only with the name, Make Them Die Slowly, which is an old, once again, going back to the whole cannibal boom of the early 80s, that was a really cool film from that. A lot of their song titles, okay, are titles from movies. I'm going to get into the song Slaughter High. There's a Dead Alive. Okay, like there's just a number of really cool Songs named after horror films or horror tropes. Okay, thus the song Thrill Me. Okay, the horror films will get into that. The name of this album, okay, is called The Body Count Continues, which was the tagline for Friday the 13th Part 2. So it's like, oh, yes. This is a band made for your cool Uncle Snowy. So I had to tap them in tonight's Indie Spotlight. So this is L.A.'s Make Them Die Slowly with Slaughter High.
That was Make Them Die Slowly. Go check them out on Facebook. Check them out on Bandcamp. All of the usual haunts. Oh, I like that. I like that. The usual haunts for a band. Yeah, I like that. God, I can be clever when I want to be. Holy shit. Yeah, I just don't 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 tell anyone though, because I'm going to be expected to be clever all the time. It's okay, no one will believe yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, that's right, that's right. So yeah, yeah. Check them out there. Make them die slowly. Well, my friend. We, okay, not only did we survive another awesome episode of Radioactive Metal, I think we survived just a week that we will never forget between Halloween and the election and just all of the shit going on and all that. It's just... Uh, but it's not over. No, no, it's not, really. That's the crazy part. It's not over. It's not. It's not. Yeah, but unfortunately, this episode is on its way to being over how can uh people get a hold of us well dear snowman one of the best ways to get a hold of us is to check us out on the social media facebook.com slash rad metal we're always posting clever things out there like uh, the different events that we do um you can also hit us up on twitter and instagram at rad metal 666 Drop us a line, radmetal666 at gmail.com. Get all of our back episodes, our back pages, if you will, radioactivemetal.org. And then, of course, if you're in the know, if you're hip, if you're happening, you listen to this show first every Thursday live on purerockradio.net. We are also a proud member of the Shining Wizards Network, shiningwizardsnetwork.com. They are just a wonderful group of people with wrestling podcasts and social podcasts. Our sister, brother, relation, brother, whatever brother podcast, a wrestling night in Canada is over there as well. Um, also hosted by one snowman here. And... Um, because of the Shining Wizards, we you can also find us on Spotify along with you know the regular podcast aggregators, the podcast places, Google Play, iTunes, all the above, all those yep. fun places. We're um, all over the place. And last but certainly not least, if you miss the old days, if you're like you know, I'd like to write a letter, use some of the stationery, but who could I send it to? Well. You're in luck. You can send it to Snowy. Get us your address. Hit us up on any one of those ways that we mentioned before. DM us, email us, whatever. We'll get you Snowy's address and you guys can converse via snail mail and moose mail. Mm -hmm. And send letters back and forth. Yeah, yeah. Just like the old days back in the Metal Forces magazine, Metal Maniacs, and the old pen banger section, which always so harkens dirty. me back. Yeah, yeah. Always harkens me back to those glorious days of, you know, of trading snail mail and demo tape trading, tape trading, live tape trading. That eulogy dismal. Anyone that's got a copy. Okay, of that, send it this way, a cassette copy of that eulogy demo. Send it this way. I will gratefully, I'll be eternally 
grateful because like I said, you know, like you can't you can't you can't get enough of those old school days and memories. Before we get on out of here, um you know, you're listening to this on a Friday, make sure that you have a uh, make sure you have a drink and a toast to your heap keyboardist Ken Hensley who passed away. I know as soon as I get off the air here, I'm going to be cranking up some Uriah Heap in the meantime and in between time. That's it. <laughs> this has been. What did I say this episode was? I don't remember. <laughs> it was so long ago. Yeah, it seemed like it was definitely one of those episodes. It was called uh, Still so, Counting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. It's a, this has been a special still counting episode of radioactive metal i'm snowy white and this is aaron oh oh before we get on out of here let's uh drop a track kind of um connected to tonight's creature feature he had a cup of coffee with the band brutality let's go with some of the more more recent stuff from them. The, brutality, uh, really? Brut- Did you do that on purpose? A cup of coffee with a brutality. Oh no, I, that was. Uh, <laughs> oh, can, I, can I lie? No, I couldn't lie to a guy like you. Sorry. <laughs> no. Because uh, <laughs> you you're a politician. <laughs> yeah, I'd make a terrible politician. I just don't have it in me to lie. What is no lie is the awesomeness that is brutality. The title track to their Sea of Ignorance record. I'm Snowy White. This is Aaron, again. (laughs) Signing off.